In this episode, we're going to hear three very weird and strange encounters. But before we get to those encounters, if you're digging my content, then hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the fun. Now let's get to the stories. My uncle had been bugging me to come visit him in Washington for years. He wanted to take me hunting. My dad is a computer engineer. He's not exactly the outdoor type. I kept putting it off and putting it off. I'm a city person. I'm used to walking to the cafe and getting my coffee, waving to the people out walking their dogs, or heading to the train. I don't even own a pair of boots. But then my mom guilt-tripped me. She called me every day for a week until I cracked. She told me how my cousin, my uncle's son, hadn't come to visit him once since moving away. So I said, fine. I'll come and visit and we'll go hunting and shoot some poor deer or whatever they hunt up there in Washington in the boonies. I landed at the airport and got an Uber up to my uncle's. I thought it was a joke. I had no idea he lived like the frontier people in a little run-down wooden cabin right smack in the middle of the woods. He came out onto the porch sipping a coffee. He was dressed like all the hunters I saw on TV. He had a thick hunter's cap on his head and snow pants and a neon orange jacket. He smiled and yelled, ready for your first hunt? He dressed me in clothes like his and pushed me out the front door and toward his big truck. I felt like the Michelin man wobbling through the crunchy leaves in the dirt. We climbed in and peeled out, kicking up all sorts of dust. He pointed out spots where he had shot this or that buck or a bear and all this other stuff he probably had on his walls inside his little cabin. I was afraid to go back inside when we got back. Not really. After a while, with no warning, my uncle took a hard right turn in his truck and threw a small gap in the trees. The road was so slim that the branches were smacking off the truck and breaking off behind us. We drove on it for a while. It got darker and darker as the forest grew thicker. When I was about to ask him where in the hell we were going, the trees opened to a clearing. He parked the truck and hopped out. I got out and followed him to the back of the truck. I wish I had stayed home and watched TV. He gave me a quick and very confusing rifle tutorial, and before I knew it, I was following him toward a large ledge overlooking a valley or canyon or something. I was watching the rifle bounce off his back and wasn't paying attention because I bumped into him. His foot slid a little on the loose rocks toward the edge of the drop. We're going down there, he said. I follow him to what I guess was a path. I wouldn't have seen it if it weren't for my uncle, let's put it that way. It was steep and I walked slow. I didn't realize until then I might have a fear of heights. My uncle let us down gradually, switchback after switchback. I zoned out and just marched like a good soldier, when suddenly my uncle stopped and put his hand on my chest. It was really jarring and woke up my brain from whatever walking fog I was in. Look, he said, and pointed a little down to her left. I couldn't see anything. We stayed there for a full minute, but it felt like ten, standing completely still and silent. He moved his rifle from his shoulder into his hands in front of him. That's the best way I can describe it. I'm not a gun guy. He motioned us forward. I was nervous now, seeing how quiet and serious my uncle was being, and seeing his finger hover near the trigger of his rifle wasn't helping. I heard a loud snap from somewhere behind the tree line. My uncle stopped and looked that way. He started walking really slow in that direction. After maybe 20 paces, something caught my eye. I still can't say if any of this had happened, or if my uncle had spiked my coffee or something. 
A few steps off the trail, I saw a giant, and I mean a giant, footprint. It was like a person's, but huge. Way too big to be a human. My uncle looked from the print to me. And then he undid the safety on his rifle. I felt sweat on my forehead and under my armpits. But it could have just been from the thick layers of hunting gear I was wearing. Without even thinking, I moved the rifle from my back into my hands. I undid the safety. I felt the trigger with my finger, the first time ever. My uncle put up a finger. I was so scared it seemed funny. Like something from a war movie, I stopped. My uncle pointed into a cluster of trees. I strained my eyes, and then I saw them. Staring back at me were these two large black eyes, and where the light caught were beads of red. It was staring straight at me. The eyes hovered at what must have been at least ten feet above the ground. My uncle lined up his rifle with those glowing eyes, and in a sudden burst, whatever it was, the giant beast lunged to its right. In a complete panic, I pulled the trigger on my gun. The shot was deafening. My uncle shoved me to the ground and came down beside me. We could hear whatever it was crashing through the forest. A little later, as we walked back in silence to the truck, I could see my knuckles turning white from squeezing the gun as tight as I could. My uncle didn't say a word until we got back to the cabin. He said, thanks for visiting. Don't tell your mom. The East Coast wasn't the easiest place to be when you're on your own at 18. I don't mean that it was hard or particularly unforgiving. It was just expensive. Everywhere is expensive now, though. At least, I guess that means everyone will be able to relate to the setting I'm about to describe. I was 18, working as many hours as I could each week, and living out of a single bedroom that I was renting in a rough neighborhood. There were four rooms in this single-story building. If you included the living room, and each room was rented by a different person. I had the room in the back. I had to walk through two other living areas just to reach my door. Once inside, the room wasn't impressive. I had enough space for a twin-sized mattress and a dresser. The area between the dresser and the mattress was just big enough to stand in, unless you needed to open the drawers. To the left of that dresser, back toward the door, there was also a window. I couldn't afford curtains. The old blinds that hung there did their best to block out the light. Unfortunately for me, there was light in that window 24-7. The house I was living in used to sit next to a bank. The bank building had been demolished, but the parking lot was still in place. The light still lit up that lot each night, right at sundown, and they shined on through the morning. It often cast in my room in an uncomfortable electric glow. Those nights I was tired enough to sleep through anything. One night, I woke up suddenly with my eyes fixated on the window. I didn't have to blink any weariness away from my vision. I wasn't confused or disoriented. I was immediately alert. My eyes knew exactly where to look at that moment that they opened. There was a dark silhouette framed against my window. They weren't outside. They weren't in the parking lot. They were on my side of the blinds. The light coming in from behind them made their features hard to make out. I stood anyway. I thought what I was facing was a thief who had slipped in from the outside. When I leapt to my feet, occupying the little space between the intruder and myself, I realized how wrong I was. I wasn't struggling to make out their features because of the light. They had no features at all. Their body was a smooth black void, darker than the furthest corners of my room. Looking at them felt empty, 
It felt like they were hollow, sucking out the light like a black hole. My body went cold. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe to scream. The shape looked familiar. It was sort of like a man, legs, torso, arms, and shoulders, but it felt sinister. I knew all at once that it was there to hurt me. It would have killed me if I let it, but there was no fighting this thing. Even if I could move, what would I do? I never got an answer to that question because it moved first. It reached out with one arm and sunk its hand into my chest. It didn't cut me. It passed into me like my skin and bones weren't even there. I felt each digit of its cold hand wrap one at a time around my heart. I've never been so physically aware of where each organ sits in my body. The cold chill of this apparition's touch may as well have been shining a light on my insides. I was confident the end was coming. I felt myself tremble. I felt tears stream down my face. I started praying in my mind, frantically begging God to spare my life. In my inner monologue, I was rambling about everything I had left to do. I'd do so many good things, I promised. I had never prayed before. I didn't know I believed in a higher power until that moment. I prayed hard and fast and felt my heart beat slow. I felt the thing in my window get angry. All of a sudden, it released its grip. The apparition shoved me backward. I landed on my bed and crawled into the corner. I brought my knees to my chest and stared, eyes glued to the window. There was no shape there anymore. No silhouette stood in the dark, pretending to be a man. But the tears were still on my face. My heart was racing, but I could still feel the places where this thing had coiled its fingers. I sat there all night, wide awake and waiting. When the sun rose, I left that room and called my best friend. He was nice enough to pretend to believe me. He couldn't offer me any advice or tell me what it was. Not that I expected him to. Still, the lack of answers kept me asking. I looked around online. I had a few people message me anonymously with their own theories. I've heard everything from demons to aliens at this point. I don't know what to believe. Did praying really help? Does that tell me it was divine? I stopped talking about the encounter for years. All it did was hike my anxiety and earned me a few quizzical stares. I kept reminding myself that it could have been a dream. There's a chance that it didn't push me back onto the bed. Maybe I was just waking up for real that time. It's been more than 12 years now. I haven't seen that silhouette again. But now I have a child of my own. My child might be staring at their own window one day, seeing what I saw. I need to know so that if it does come back, I'm not helpless like I was before. What was that thing shaped like a man? I think it was a Wednesday or maybe a Thursday, who knows, when I couldn't take it anymore. The weather had been bad for a couple of weeks, windy and rainy, making me stuck inside most of the time. I was sitting on the couch trying to read a book. My brother and a couple friends were playing video games and making loud, stupid jokes. I got up, threw my book down, and walked into the kitchen. I opened up the cupboard for a snack. The cereal box was empty, and we were out of Pop-Tarts. I felt cheated, which feels silly looking back. I decided to get in a better mood and go get some cereal. I could take a bike ride through the woods over to the store. A win-win all around. I opened the garage door and was blasted by the cold air. Fall where I'm from sucks and winter is worst. 
The wind was ripping. I could see my breath. I knew my hands would hurt when I got home, and my face was going to be frozen. I fastened my helmet and zipped up my jacket. I turned my bike off the road and onto a path through the woods. Runners and joggers and people walking their dogs were always using the path. The woods are pretty, I guess. To me, they were just trees. But the path was smooth and it was easy to ride my bike on it. I rode along the path for a bit, just trying to relax and listen to the wind without getting blown over into the dirt. It started raining a little and the leaves were stirred up from the wind. They made the trail harder to see and the leaves were wet and slick. I slowed down to ride over this shiny pile of leaves. Suddenly, I smelled something awful. My tires almost slipped on the slimy leaves. I stopped my bike and sniffed the air. It was terrible. I pedaled faster and got away from that area of the woods. The smell wasn't as bad after a minute or so. When I left the woods, I went to the store and bought a box of cereal. I threw it in my backpack and got on my bike. I thought about going around the woods, taking the long way through the neighborhood. I didn't want to run into any more of that terrible smell, but going around it would take a lot longer, and it was getting colder every second that passed. My hands already hurt and were turning pink. I pedaled toward the entrance to the path. The smell hit me all at once. It was like the entire woods was one big hard-boiled egg. I tried holding my breath and riding my bike faster, but that was dumb. I gasped for air and was hit with that smell again, stronger now. I felt like I might throw up. The only way to get away from the smell was through the woods. There's only one way to go. Forward. I felt scared for the first time being in the woods alone. The wind was picking up, and it pushed that gross smell into my face and up my nose. The smell was so strong now, it was literally burning my eyes. I could feel tears coming from the smell in the bitter cold. I rounded a bend on the path, and my bike slid out from under me. I didn't go down too hard because I wasn't riding that fast, but I rolled my bike and slid and sailed off the path into the wet leaves under a soggy bush. As I sat up, I saw something. I thought it was a huge bat, but that made no sense. I rubbed my eyes. When I looked back, it was a little to the right, and now it looked like an emaciated horse. The thing, that's the word that came to me. Its eyes looked like yellow egg yolks and it stuck its tongue out. It was long, too long. I felt a chill run up my spine. The thing stood up taller. It kept going. I don't know how tall it was. I could see ribs through this long black torso. The legs were bowed out like a wonky goat. The smell was so strong now. It was all I could think about. That and whatever the hell was standing there in the woods only 20 feet away from me. This thing in front of me lifted its arms up and spread out these long, disgusting wings. It looked like something out of a kid's nightmare. My nightmare. The wings were scaled like a dragon or the toes of a frog. Those eyes stared into mine, and the smell got even worse. I swear the eyes on that thing turned from yellow to red, and they were shrunk down to hot red beads in that long, freakish face. I couldn't move, but I had to. I couldn't sit there and wait for whatever it was to come toward me. I crawled toward my bike under the bushes. I kept one eye on that beast. The giant head slowly turned and was following me with that goblin-like stare. And then a miracle happened. Maybe, I don't know. It seemed like a miracle at the time. Three joggers came down the path toward me. They stopped a little ahead of me and asked me if I was okay. I looked from the joggers to where the thing had been standing. 
It was gone now. The smell was still strong, but it was going away. The joggers could smell it too. I pulled my bike from out under the brush and pedaled past the joggers as fast as I could. I never told anyone what I saw out there. But when someone asked me to ride my bike through the woods, I say I'd rather go around. Let me know what you think about these stories in the comments below. Also, make sure to check out dreadsarmy.com where you'll find all of my stories and multiple strange and weird news posted every single day. If you want to be part of the discussion, check out the forums on Dreads Army. We also have a Facebook group so you don't miss out on any updates. Thanks and take care.